and we'll look at verses 1 through 9. And as you, as you find your place there in the Bible, I'm just taking a peek here. All right. Well, from Philippi to Thessalonica was, I think it's, it's 100 miles. And they're going to, this little, uh, well, Paul and Silas, they're going to go through, I'm looking for the place. There's Apollonia. And there was another, another little place. And I'm not, I'm not seeing it, but that's okay. Uh, we're basically in, in Greece or Macedonia. And Paul and his uh, entourage were summoned there through this uh, Macedonian call, this Macedonian vision. It's interesting because those, God went out of his way to direct them as they were heading north and looking for places to minister. They tried to go here and there, and they were prevented. Uh, then there are other times, like we're reading tonight from chapter 17, where they're going to travel they're going to travel through Amphipolis and Apollonia. And they're going to come to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews and they're going to preach. So there's not that restraint and constraint and don't go there. It seems to be flowing. That's the way ministry is sometimes. You, sometimes there are Things that prevent, and sometimes there's daylight. And every now and then, I'll make the comment to Linda. She'll, she'll say, what's, what's going on? I'll say, I'm looking for daylight. I'm looking for, I mean, there's plenty of constraints. There's plenty of restraints. There's plenty of don't go there, don't do that. But where's the daylight? What's, where's the open door? What's God What's God doing? What's he up to? So uh, we'll read this. Verses uh, 1 through 9. Paul at Thessalonica. It was 100 miles from Philippi. He had to go through this um, Amphipolis and then Apollonia. And they finally arrived at Thessalonica. Thessalonica was the principal city in Macedonia. It's a big deal. Uh, It was known as the mother of Macedonia. It's a it's a big deal. It was the, it was on the Ignatian Way. It was right there where all kinds of people were passing through. We'll read it. Now, when they had traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom... He went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence or proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus, whom I am proclaiming to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. 
along with a large number of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of the leading women. But the Jews, becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar and attacking the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have upset the world have come here also. And Jason has welcomed them. And they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar saying that there is another king, Jesus. They stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. And when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. Well... If Paul ever wanted a reason to depart from going to the synagogue first, he was right there. Because he's, he's farther away from Palestine than, as he's ever been. He's just been to Philippi and they didn't have a synagogue. So maybe we can get away from going to the synagogue first. Maybe we start going down by the riverside first. That sounds like a good plan. But no, he sticks with his former methodology. He doesn't depart from it. It doesn't seem to be any question. He's just going to go to the synagogue. That's what he did. That's what he's accustomed to doing. So he goes there first. And we note that there was a synagogue there in Thessalonica. That there were obviously Jews there. And enough to constitute a synagogue. And according to his custom. And this was his custom. Verse 2. He went to them. And for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. Now, this is the reason For his travels. This is the reason he's called a missionary. This is the reason God raised him up as an apostle. And that is to share the message of salvation. To the Jews. To the Gentiles. To whomever. And that's exactly what he's doing. He does it in an interesting way here. 
It's, it's like he's in the synagogue and he's saying, okay, you all believe in a Messiah. This is what your scriptures say the Messiah is going to do. This is what he has done. He's going to suffer. He's going to die and he's going to rise again. Right there it is, uh, verse 3. That the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead. Then he makes the connection. He says, this Messiah that your scriptures teach, this Messiah that's prophesied in your scriptures, these are your scriptures, this Messiah is Jesus. That's right there. This Jesus, verse 3, whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. Now, um, so there's some words here that describe what he was doing. So he's in verse two, we see him reasoning with them. Says for three Sabbaths. So for three weeks, three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them. These are the Jews in the synagogue from the scriptures, the only scriptures they would have had at that time. That would have been the Old Testament scriptures. So he is using uh, passages out of the Old Testament to show them what their Messiah would do. So Psalm 110, we read it a while ago. Psalm 2, Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 52 and 53. He could have gone any of those places or other places of the scripture reasoning with them. And then verse 3 explaining or the word there is opening opening i think this word is only found one other place and it's in luke 24 where jesus joins the two on the road to emmaus and the bible says that he did what he opened the scriptures to them he showed he showed them himself in their scriptures and that's a beautiful thing when Jesus is teaching or preaching and he's showing himself so they reasoned they were opening or Paul was opening the scriptures and he was proving or giving evidence the the idea here is a well laid out order of evidence. So I would think there would be scriptures that dealt with uh, the, the birth of Christ. He, he might have gone to Isaiah 7 or Isaiah 9, talked about, or Malachi 5 2, and talked about the birth of Jesus, that he came from heaven, he was virgin born. And, um, and then, so he would just go through the, his life and, in an orderly fashion and give evidence. That the Christ had to suffer. He was born to suffer. And to rise again from the dead. And saying this Jesus whom. And here's another word. I am proclaiming. To you. Is the Christ. The anointed one. And some of them. Not all. Not all. Some. 
some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. So already there's fruit from the ministry. And then Luke, as he is well disposed to do, talks or goes further with talking about those who joined. He says, along with a large number of the God-fearing Greeks. So these could have been people in the synagogue who were proselytes. They were God-fearing, but they were not going to adopt Judaism as their religion. But they're God-fearing, and they are Gentiles. And then he mentions, and a number of the leading women. Uh, these, <laughs> these, this is either... I take it just like it says it, leading women, but there are some who say they were leading women because they were married to leading men. And had, had it not been for their husbands, they wouldn't have been leading women. I, I, I can't, I, they were leading women. That's all that's what it says. It's just funny to listen. Isn't that funny to you? It's just funny to me. I mean, sometimes I'm reading a book and I just start laughing. I mean, it's just funny. I mean, they got a lot of time on their hands, I guess. So, uh, so there were there were leading women. So there were leading women there, and there they, these people were joined. Uh, they were believers in Christ, and they joined this um, this band of individuals, these Christians, these believers. And right there, verse five. But the Jews. Here we go again. Surprise, surprise, not really, not really. These Jews are, are not going to take this sitting down. The Bible says, becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace. So what did this look like? Well, they, they went out into the marketplace. I mean, I think they were probably in the synagogue and then they went out into the marketplace and they're stirring people up. Wicked men. That might be a little strong. Uh, some say loafers. They were loafers. Loiterers. Bad characters. Bad hombres. Just hanging out in the marketplace. Looking for something to do. Well, here come the Jews. They're going to stir them up. They formed a mob. That's exactly what happened. They formed a mob and they set the city, Thessalonica, this major city in Macedonia, they set it in an uproar. And attacking the house of Jason. Now, Jason was the host of Paul and Silas. They were seeking to bring them out to the people. Them, Paul and Silas, out to the people. Who are they looking for? They're looking for the people that's, that um, came to the synagogue and reasoned and explained and proved and proclaimed Jesus. And some joined them. And that really didn't sit well with those Jews. So they're stirring up these men in the marketplace. 
They formed a mob. The city is now in an uproar. And they attacked the house of Jason. Now, by the way, Thessalonica was a free city. Uh, sometime B.C. I can't remember the date. But they were free. And uh, they're attacking the house of Jason. And they're seeking, they're looking for Paul and Silas. The Bible says they couldn't find them. So they're looking for Paul and Silas. They can't find them. So then, plan B, we, we've got Jason here. Wonder how he feels about all this. All he's doing, he's just putting them up for the night or the nights. He's been a host. Now they're dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities. Wonder what's going to happen here. And they're shouting. This is a, this is a commotion. This is chaos. And they're shouting to the top of their lungs. Have you ever been a, like out somewhere and somebody starts shouting just and they're mad or they're angry and they're just shouting out in public? Have you ever been in a situation like that? That is not fun. It's just not. I mean, and all it takes is one person. Here you got a bunch of people. Well, I've got a story, but I'm not going to tell it right now. We don't have we don't have that kind of time, but I do have a story. My wife got shouted out in DC, shouted on, shouted at in D.C. It was because of where she was standing on the what are they called? escalator? Yeah, she was right in the middle. She was in the way. <laughs> That's it. That's the story. She got shouted at. I was like, what in the world? Anyway. <laughs> it's just disruptive it's disturbing i mean you're just you're you know you're walking along and you're enjoying and all of a sudden wham so there's a lot of shouting going on here and it's not it doesn't look good for paul and silas at all what are they shouting these men what men those men paul and silas Jason, whoever. They've upset the whole world. They've turned the world upside down. They've come here also. They've come here. They, we were part of their plan. And they have come in here and they've upset the apple cart. And this is not, this is, this is not what we wanted. This is. This is the last thing we wanted, is what they're thinking. And Jason has welcomed them. He was the host. And they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Okay, there's two charges against these people, against Paul and Silas. The first one is civil unrest, just a civil disturbance. The second one is serious because they mention Caesar. That's, that's not good for Paul and Silas. They're charged. You know, if you're, if you're charged like they are with sedition, even if you're not guilty, just being charged with that puts a dark cloud over your head. That is, that's a... That's one of the more serious charges. And that's what they say. And they all act contrary 
to the decrees of Caesar. That's, that's saying a lot. Saying that there is another king, Jesus. Can't have two kings. You just can't. I mean, you look in the Old Testament, you know, you can't have two kings. It's just not going to, it's not going to happen. It's not going to end well. And they're saying, they're preaching another king. They're preaching another kingdom. They're not in line with Caesar as king. They're not in line with Caesar's kingdom. What do you do with people like that? Well, it doesn't, doesn't usually go well. They stirred up the crowd. There it is. And the city authorities. Now, these city authorities, based on the archaeological evidence, there were five. In the first century, in this Thessalonica, five men governed or ruled. These city authorities. So the charges there, they stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. And when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. That's all we're told. What was the pledge? Well, send them away and don't ever let them come back. We think. Because if you turn over to 1 Thessalonians... Paul mentions this. It's pretty interesting. Right here in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. I mean the whole letter really... It comes to life a little more after you read 17, 1 through 9. But he says this, for you yourselves know. So he's writing back to these Thessalonians. You yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, which they did suffer and they were mistreated in Philippi, as you know, We had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God, here it is, amid much opposition. And then, if we go over here to verse 17, same chapter and read on down. He says, but we brethren, having been taken away from you for a short while in person, not in spirit, We're all the more eager with great desire to see your face. For we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, more than once. And yet, Satan hindered us. For who is our hope or joy or crown of exaltation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. So Paul is basically saying, don't interpret our not being with you to mean that we've forgotten you or that we don't care about you. 
He's saying, we care about you. You are our hope, our joy, our crown of exaltation at the presence or the coming of the Lord Jesus. For you are our glory and joy. He's building them up. And at the same time, he's saying, Satan has hindered us and uh, prevented us from coming to you. So some think, and it's speculation because Luke ends that kind of abruptly. He doesn't really tell us all the details. But it sounds like there was a plea bargain. It sounds like Jason offered security in return for settling down. Let me go back to doing what I was doing. Paul and Silas are going to get on down the road. Where are they going? Berea. This is important. Thessalonica was on the highway. Berea was on the byway. So we're thinking they were in the limelight. They drew a lot of attention. The next stop, they're going to go off the beaten track a little bit. And they're going to be with the Bereans. And a ministry there to the Bereans that will... Uh, impact and what do we remember those Bereans for? They studied the scriptures to see if those things were so powerful. All right, back to Acts 17. I think we're yeah, there it is. And when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. There in verse nine. So a lot of commotion and a lot of chaos. And in the end, the matters there in Thessalonica were resolved. And we wonder if there had been an agreement that they would just not ever return to Thessalonica again. Don't know that, but they were, uh, Paul says they were definitely prevented. He says Satan prevented them from returning. Father in heaven, we thank you for the study tonight. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction. Thank you for the the uh, inspiration from your word. Lord, help us to be about your business. Help us to be focused in our thoughts and our worship on you. And then to Be sensitive to your spirit's prompting and the needs of others, uh, the need that many have for the truth of the gospel, for the forgiveness that comes through Jesus and his shed blood on the cross. And Lord, for the, the story of the resurrection of Jesus. So, Lord, give us, uh, give us the boldness, give us the, the direction, and uh, make us useful to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.